I shared with all of you not too long ago that I was uh, I was a remedial seminarian, and that uh, you know I struggled through education a lot of my life, and um, I wanted to read just something to you. This was actually the dedication for my thesis uh, when I finished my my license in Rome, and it just simply says you know to my parents Thomas and Mary Jane Julia, but then in parentheses, especially my mom, and I wrote. This work would not have been possible without the love and support of my parents during the entirety of my seminary studies and, in fact, the entirety of my life. I owe a debt of gratitude to my father for teaching me how to pray and for being a virtuous man after the heart of our Lord Jesus Christ. In a special way, I must dedicate this work to my mother, Mary Jane. My mother, like St. Monica did for St. Augustine, constantly interceded on my behalf with uncountable prayers, tears, and worry. My mother spent many nights of lost sleep praying for divine assistance to aid me, her son, to succeed on countless exams and papers. She gave me courage to continue and was present to me in my failures. I will never forget how strongly she believed in me, but more than that, I will never forget her sacrifice to be united with me, her son, each step of the way. A mother's love is just this unbelievable example of sacrificial love. It, it is mind-blowing to me, completely mind-blowing to have experienced that, my own, my own mother's love. Um, it's, my parents live in Texas, and it's a seven-hour difference from Texas to Rome. And there were times where my mom would literally be up in the middle of the night knowing at what hour I had an exam. And if she wasn't up on purpose in the middle of the night praying for my success in the, in the exam, um, she was up just because she couldn't sleep because she was worrying about my success in the particular exam. St. Thomas Aquinas says that, that love is to will the good of the other. I know no greater example of that than a mother's love for their children. Because we're always reminded that sometimes to will the good of the other is not always giving what the other person wants, right? You know, I, I always give this example of this. You know, like when you're a little kid and you're like, Mom, I want to, can I have a pixie stick for breakfast? Remember, pixie sticks are the paper straws filled with colored sugar, right? And your mother is like, uh, no, you will not have a pixie stick for breakfast. You will have eggs, you will have something else or whatever. And that's a perfect example of where no is willing the good of the other person, that you're actually trying to guide them in their life. If I could tell you all of the ridiculous things where if I had just listened to my mother, how many of you out there have those stories like if I had only listened to my mom, you know, but it's like that umbilical cord is cut once, Literally, and then it's cut like a million times figuratively, right? You're like, I'll do it myself. You know, I'll figure it out. Uh, and the intuition of a mother is just an unbelievable thing to me. And it's just an unbelievable example of, of, of real love. Um, there was a time back in the day when I was, you know, dating, you know, well, well before seminary or anything like that, where 
I, I mean, I will never forget this, right? Just the things that a mother can glean from the tiniest little action in the world. So we were all, you know, me and my girlfriend at the time, we were out to dinner with my parents and, and other family at an Italian restaurant, and it was served family style. And, and my girlfriend was the one who got the, um, the, you know, whatever the platter of food was at that time. And she took most of the sauce with like her piece of chicken or something like that. And my mom's like, she's selfish. I know it. That's, that's, that's it. And she was right. She was absolutely right. Did I listen? Well, maybe sort of eventually, but you know, it took me way longer to figure out than what my mom noticed in essentially an instant. Um, this is one thing to remind ourselves of that's so unbelievably important, is that many, many people accuse our Catholic Church of not holding women up as an example in, you know, in the world and in the church. That is completely false. The notion of church, the model of church, is our Blessed Mother Mary. She is the model of the way our church is actually formed. That's why the phrase Holy Mother Church is used. It is, it is Marian. Remember, Christ himself chooses the one that bears him into the world. And it is by her example of sinlessness that is the best example for a Christian life and existence is our Blessed Mother Mary. Our church is Mother Church is Marian. It is an extremely important thing to realize that through the yes of a young woman, through her cooperation, that that's the model that our church hinges on. It's an unbelievable thing. We remember just not that long ago, of course, during Easter, and during this Easter season, remember, who is the one that believes first, that sees the, the tomb empty? It is the faithful women that surround our Lord's ministry because they're often those first ones to believe. We remind ourselves that, again, as far as we might push away from mom, that that connection will never be severed. We were literally a part of her body at one point, at one point in our life. And as our Lord Jesus Christ feeds us with his body and blood, our own mothers fed us in that same way from one part of our life. It's an unbelievable, unbelievable example. And so as we walk through our Christian life, as we look at that example of motherhood, willing the good of the other is our goal through our Christian life. That's actually how we love. In fact, this very part that I, in, in, the, in this uh, reading from John, that there's no greater gift than to lay down your life for your friends. Sacrificial love is the example that he gives. The love of a mother is sacrificial love. And I chose that phrase precisely to be on the back of my ordination card when I was ordained a priest, because I think it is one of the most important statements ever in, in Holy Scripture, is to lay down your life for your friends, to show that ultimate example of your love to them. Now, as I look throughout my life again, and, and I look at all the different ways I probably should have listened um, to mom, 
One of the things that I actually realized was that these things, we model the way to behave and the way of love to our children, to those that we raise. I had the great example of, I watched, I witnessed my mom, well, my, my grandparents at one point lived with us for six years when we lived in New Jersey. So that was very impressionable on my life. But any time that we were not within the same household, my mom called her mother, my grandmother, every single day. And throughout college, I just watched this, thinking that it was normal, right? You know, and of course, find out, you know, it's normal in some families and maybe not so normal in others. But for me, all throughout college, I would call my mom all the time. It's pre I do it still all the time. Now, because of my, my life as a priest, I can't call her quite every day, but it's pretty darn close. Often, it's actually multiple times a day. Because for me, it's like being in the same household. I'll be on the way somewhere, and I'll just call her and like see, like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, so that's just kind of how I, I talk to my mother. But that was modeled for me. And the reason that I think that that's such an important thing is remember that to love somebody else, to actually will their ultimate good, that's a relational thing. That is how our whole entire church functions. The only way that we can be really true followers of Jesus Christ is if we know him and we have a real relationship with him. We say that a lot, but we're like, well, what does that mean? This is what it means. We can't have a relationship with anybody unless we spend time with them. I always say it like this, conversation and time. It's impossible to form a relationship with anyone without giving them those two things. We talk to each other. We learn about each other over the course of time. And the more time you spend with somebody, the more time you will just know them. You will understand them. So that's the thing. We're here in this church on a Sunday one hour of the week, maybe a little over an hour if Father Peter is preaching every once in a while. And so when we're here, though, what other time of the week can we give to the Lord? You know, conversation and time. We have to build that up. Because remember, our Lord gives us beautiful and amazing phrases and language, and he also throws down huge challenges like not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. To some, he'll say, I never knew you. Again, but how do we get to know somebody? By spending time to them, because that is the last thing that any of us would want to hear at the end of our life. At the end of our life, we, we meet our Lord Jesus Christ, and he says, I never knew you. The only way to know him is to spend some sort of quality time with him. The way that we have to do that, remember, God comes into our human timeline. You know, he first does that with Moses in just word alone. They only know God in word. But he comes down to us so that we know who he is. And we start, and throughout salvation history, that only gets deeper and more intimate. And then, not just in word, then he comes to us in the flesh through the divine yes, through the fiat of our blessed, blessed Mother Mary. Then we actually know him as a real person. 
so that we can have conversation with him and then we could spend, like those apostles, spent real quality time with our Lord Jesus Christ. And the way that we know him now at this part in salvation history is through receiving him in the Eucharist, hearing him through his word, spending some sort of devoted time. The culture, the world that we live in right now is absolutely trying to rob you of that time spent with God in a million different ways. I mean, fill in the blanks. I mean, you could just name any, any social media thing you could possibly think of. Instagram, you know, Facebook, whatever. There are just ways that our time can be like an absolute, like, vacuum void. I mean, you know, just we spend idle time not doing that and spend, instead of spending time with our Lord. But what happens when we spend more time with the Lord? Those of you who have done it know what happens. Your communication with him in your life is, is much like those of you who have a close relationship with your mother. It becomes super intuitive. I cannot tell you how many times I pick up the phone to call my mom and she had the phone in her hand about to dial me. Like we're, All the time we're about to call each other at the same time. Because when you spend time with somebody, they're in your mind and in your heart. You, you think about them. You wonder about them. It's an important thing to realize. Now, this is something I absolutely know about many of us in this community here. One of the most difficult things for many of you, especially all of you that are parents, is when your children don't have this relationship with the Lord when they severed that relationship with the church. I know that is one of your greatest and most difficult pains. But remember, the things that you are doing, the prayers that you have for your own children, no matter how old they are, that intercession on their behalf, it is bearing some sort of fruit. Remember, we, we don't, you don't have control over your kids. That's, I mean, that's one of the most difficult things that you have. Maybe for a little while you do, right? But ultimately, never stop the relationship that you have with Christ in bolstering that on behalf of those that you love. That is another way that you lay down your life for those that you love, is by praying for them. Because again, it's taking your time on the behalf of somebody that you love and offering that to the Lord. It's another way that you spend conversation and time with the Lord. And a mi not a minute, not a second of that would ever be wasted. It'll never be wasted. I mean, it's always working on behalf and laying down your life for, for those that you love. So when we think about what a mother does, <laughs> you know, feeds a child through her very body for a while, carries the child, cares for the child. That model, I mean, that willing the good of the other, it's exemplified in motherhood. We have to constantly remind ourselves of that, and we have to constantly bolster it. F finally, I'll say, um, you know, in my own life, you know, I finally probably started listening to my mom a little bit more, and here I stand before you as a priest. And so one of the things 
that's kind of profound about this Christian life is that we, as we walk closer to our Lord and we want to ultimately be with him, that is the ultimate good that you can will for somebody else. The very best good that you can will for somebody else. And some of you, some of you moms probably say this to your children. You're like, oh, mom, leave me alone. <laughs> but this is the thing. I want you to be in heaven with God. That is to will the ultimate good of any of you. That is what I will for every single one of you in this room. That is my preoccupation in life. So much so that I decided to become a priest because I believed so much in laying down your life for other people that I want you to be in heaven with God. That's the one thing that I care about. I really don't care about anything else, you know, because it's all small in comparison to that. So when I was ordained, they, are, they, they anoint your hands with the chrism oil, the same oil that's also used at baptism and confirmation. Your hands are anointed so that you can consecrate the Eucharist. And then you just wipe your hands off on a linen cloth called the manaturgium. And there's a beautiful tradition in the church that at your own mother's death, that she'll be buried. So I presented that cloth to my mom at my first mass. And then she'll be buried holding that cloth in her hand so that when she, when she sees our Lord Jesus Christ, she could say, I gave you my son, a priest. You know, you kind of hope that it's like one of the best tickets into heaven. <laughs> and, you know, and I kind of, I, I hope that that's the case. But, you know, I mean, I worry way more about my own salvation than I worry about my saintly mothers, to be honest with you. But it's time to listen to our mother, especially this one, because she's trying to guide us to all truth. She's trying to guide us to her son himself. And if we can build up that relationship, yeah, I mean... It, it, it's easy. We just simply pass through the gates of heaven because he'll know who we are. He'll absolutely know who we are. So remember, on this Mother's Day, think of that sacrificial love of mothers, of truly willing our ultimate good in this life. Think about that. And remember, that's what we need in our life. It's one of the very things that can actually heal our life and bring us through the gates of heaven. God bless you all today.